stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show. And as you know, we are celebrating Epilepsy Month, the entire month of November. This is and always will be so important to me as I am a woman living with epilepsy and we need to get the news out to everyone everywhere. You don't need to be ashamed. It's just part of who you are. And that is why I'm so excited about the show today, because today we have Eric Hargis, the president and CEO of the National Epilepsy Foundation, and Darla Templeton, executive vice president of the Epilepsy Foundation of the St. Louis region, because at the Epilepsy Foundation, we know it's all about working together. Eric and Darla, welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Joyce. So, Darla, I am going to start with you, but before I do, since you are a very good friend, both of you, of Judy Painter, uh, who is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, my hometown, I have to begin by wishing her a happy birthday. And, Judy, you'll be happy to know that even though Darla and Eric wanted to sing, we're not going to make them sing. So instead of that, Darla, how about if we start with you telling our listeners why and when you first became involved with the Epilepsy Foundation. Joyce, thanks so much for having me a part of your show. In 1982, I answered a very small ad in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And at that time, little did I dream of uh, being asked to be a part of your show 27 years later. Um, I spent my previous life in education and got discouraged. Uh, I had a master's in administration and thought I'd cross over into the not-for-profit field. And in January, I will be beginning my 28th year in the not-for-profit and the Epilepsy Foundation. And we are so lucky to have you, Darla. Thank you. So, so it all, and there was no reason that you applied. You just applied for the position. That's right. It's just a small ad in the paper and thought, I can do that. I'll give it a try. And here you are now, running the organization. And as I said, Darla, um, I know personally how much you've done for people with epilepsy, for Americans with epilepsy, and for the local and national foundation. And so I want to tell you uh, how much I appreciate everything you do every day of your life. Thank you. Uh, I am truly committed, and I appreciate um, your thanks. And, Eric, due to the work we're doing at the Epilepsy Foundation, and when I say so that all of you know, we have offices across the United States. You know, you could live in Pittsburgh, go to the local office here. You could be in St. Louis and go to the local office there if you are a person with epilepsy. But then we have a national office to oversee what we're doing. And Eric, of course, is the CEO. But... We at national and at the local offices want to do everything we can to try to work closer and better together and keep improving that as we go on. So, Eric, uh, you at national and local formed this partnership called MOT. Could you take a minute to explain that to our listeners? 
Joyce, certainly. I think, first of all, it's important to, it's important to, for the listeners to understand that the Epilepsy Foundation is an organization that really has a, has a twofold mission. You know, first, for people with epilepsy who have epilepsy today, we want to make sure they have access to, you know, uh, usual life experiences. We need to tear down the barriers that allow people with epilepsy to enjoy everything that life has to offer. So in order to do that, it's important, as you said, we have offices around the country that provide, uh, that provide direct services for young people. They have, they have camps. There's a variety of programs designed uh, to address the quality of life needs for people with epilepsy today. But we're also an organization committed to finding new treatments and ultimately a cure. So we do a nationwide research program. We advocate on, on behalf of people with epilepsy both at the federal level and at the state level. And so we have, as you said, both the national organization and affiliates, but it's, it's critical that we work in a synergistic fashion uh, towards um, those common objectives. So in order to do that, it, you, need to have, you need to have communication. And so the management and operations team, or as we affectionately call it, uh, MOT, is, a, is sort of a formalized vehicle where uh, leaders from our affiliates uh, get together with uh, the staff at, at National to make sure that uh, the work that we do works, as I said, in that synergistic fashion so that we're, you know, we're really maximizing um, the value of our work. And it's also making sure that when people contribute to the Epilepsy Foundation, those dollars are used most wisely. There's no redundancy, and we keep those costs at a minimum. So the way to think of it is kind of a vehicle where um, our affiliates working in communities around the country and the national organization make sure they're on the same page. And because the stronger we are, the more we can do. That's why this is so important to us at the Epilepsy Foundation. And with that, as you all know, I let you all know as soon as I can what the upcoming shows are, and then we receive questions from our team of young people across the country that speak to people about upcoming shows. And a question I have, which... Either of you may answer this first, Darla or Eric, is from Nancy in Newark, Delaware. And the question is, um, I'm so glad to see more and more people are out there talking about epilepsy and working hard to try to change the way people think, which many people, as you well know, are ashamed to admit that they have epilepsy. At times, even their family does not want to admit they have epilepsy. My question to you is, do you think the day will come in the near future when that will change? Uh, uh, Darla, I'll start on that. Absolutely. First of all, we're you know we're seeing some very very uh, promising progress. It's um, you know it's frustrating to see that there are so many conditions now that um, that used to be stigmatized, where where people understand it's you know it's a medical condition and epilepsy is a medical condition just like anything else. Unfortunately, too often it's still surrounded by mystery and ignorance and fear. People don't know what to do if they see someone having a seizure; they don't understand it, and oftentimes we're you know, we're afraid of things that we that we don't understand. And so one of the things that is critical and the commitment the Epilepsy Foundation is making is we need to bring uh, national attention so that people with epilepsy 
are comfortable speaking up about it. You know, we're not going to be the ones to actually uh, ultimately bring epilepsy out of the shadows. Our organization, you know, can't do that. What we can do, though, is to create a national dialogue about epilepsy. And what will finally change it is when people are comfortable talking about it. You know, Joy says, as you are, you know, one of the things that's important, if you have a podium, here you have a radio show, and on every show you always talk about, you know, having epilepsy. And that's that's what's really going to get us out of the shadows and finally turn the corner. And um, I also want to say, Joyce, um, stigma is one thing, but discrimination is another. And our job is big here at the foundation and working together um, because we do have to address the discrimination issue. Um, If a person speaks up, a lot of times, then within the workplace, they're not promoted. Um, and sometimes they're even um, found uh, ways to get rid of the individual. It still happens in America today. Now, another thing, if you speak up, you, automatically your auto insurance goes into high risk. You pay more for life insurance. Those are some of the things that we have to address as a national movement. So it, it, it makes people more comfortable and assures them when they speak up, they're not going to be, uh, there's not going to be any retaliation. And, and I think that we are um, working, Darla, to break those barriers. I know later on we'll be talking about the uh, Americans with Disability Amendment Act. I think that's one very good example. Here's what I tell people. What you want to do at work is your choice. When you go on a job interview, you should never disclose your disability, no matter what it is, whether it's cerebral palsy, bipolar, um, you know, or any hidden disability such as epilepsy. Why? Because that's what the ADA is all about. You're to be hired for your ability, not your disability. So when you go on the interview, I, if people say, well, should I tell them on the interview? I say, absolutely not. Now, when you receive the job offer and you are actually working at the company, If, for some reason, you feel a need to tell someone, listen, I have epilepsy, and if I have a seizure, you know, this is what to do and this is what will happen, you know, I think that's fine. And I think that until we get to the place where more and more people feel free to talk about it, we're going to have more and more people feeling ashamed that, you know, they have this because... I am always surprised when I go to a company and I talk about my own epilepsy and someone will speak up in the room and say, well, you know, I also have epilepsy and, you know, I've had it for like 15 years. And people will look at the person shocked that that they admitted this. And I think a lot of it, Darla, has to do with the discrimination, the stigma, um, you know, just everything that you talked about. But hopefully, Darla, by what you're doing even in St. Louis, you'll give more people confidence to be ambassadors to help us, you know, as Tony Quello has by talking about his own epilepsy, because I don't think there's any other way to get around this. Do you, Eric? I can't think of any other way. No, I think that's, you know, that's critical. Now, Darla, before we take a break here in a little bit, you have been the head of this MOT that we were talking about, this management operations team, to represent the other affiliate executive directors. I wanted to ask you, have you enjoyed your role as the head of MOT, and why do you believe this is so important? Well, I have relished my time as the co-chair. Eric is uh, the chair 
always, and then we rotate uh, affiliate executive directors as the co-chair, and I'm just finishing my second year. And um, I think that um, working together is key. And um, as I look back on my 27 years, I think that within the last two years, we have truly come a long way. Collaboration is important, and collaboration is difficult to, uh, to manage. You have to trust one another. You have to have it targeted and specific on how you're going to collaborate, and you um, have to be committed as a marriage to making it happen. And I think we have done that um, for in the last couple of years. Um, and the more we work together, the better we serve the people with epilepsy. And that's what it's all about. And that is what it's all about. And by the way, Darla, uh, we appreciate the work that, that you have done as we appreciate the work that Judy Painter had done. But I really believe we have come a long way. What do you think about that, Eric? Oh, oh absolutely. I think the... Um... You know, the, the the important thing is whether it's collaboration between national affiliates or between the FLC Foundation and other organizations, you know, we think of it as a, as a community. We come together for a common mission and a common purpose. And I, re, I appreciate, you know, the leadership certainly that, uh, you know, that Darla has shown in, in helping to uh, move us forward as an organization. Good. I do, too. I appreciate it very much, Darla, because you're just helping us help more people with epilepsy. And with that, we're going to go to break for a minute. Then we'll be right back with Darla Templeton and Eric Hargis. Don't go away. We'll be back. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Have you ever thought about having your own Internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again. 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 
472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back. If you just joined us, this is Epilepsy Month. And as a woman with epilepsy, I am all about talking about it, getting everyone else to talk about it. Remember, epilepsy is just part of who I am, but it's not a part that I'm ashamed of. And today, we have with us Eric Hargis, President and CEO of the National Epilepsy Foundation, and Darla Templeton, Executive Vice President of the Epilepsy Foundation of the St. Louis region. Darla, I'll ask you this person this question first, but in a way I think you sort of answered it earlier. What I was going to ask you is why do you think so many people to refuse to admit that they have epilepsy? And I guess in your opinion you think it's fear of uh, discrimination, correct? Yes. Um, I, you know, we have a lot to do, Joyce, as an organization to break down the barriers of discrimination, and certainly the people with epilepsy have a lot to do to risk um, speaking up about their own disability. And together, we can address the stigma and we can address the the discrimination. As I said earlier, you know, auto insurance, you're immediately put in uh, high risk just because you have epilepsy. And many of the people with epilepsy don't even know that. They're happy to get the auto insurance, but don't realize they're put in high risk. So if they speak up, they pay more. You know, and so as an organization, we have to address those issues. Um, and as an organization, we have to encourage people with epilepsy to speak up like you and Tony Quello have done. You are great champions for the cause. Well, thank you very much. But what do you, and what do you think, Eric? Well, you know, absolutely. First of all, I think I think there's a very positive change going on in that you know what what we're coming to grips with as a nation is it's not about disability; it's about ability. Everyone has things they cannot do. Okay, uh, there's there's no one who is you know who's able to to do you know to do everything. And rather than focus on the things that you can't do. Um, what we're learning is, is you focus on what you can do, and so it's all about it's all about ability, and it's not the negative, and that's why, for example, we completely object to people using terms like epileptic or diabetic, where someone is being defined by uh, a medical condition. That's not who they are, um, and I and I think this is a and it's it's gradual. We're trying to lead the lead the fight here to recognize that. You know, epilepsy is something you have, like uh, you know, like asthma or diabetes. Everyone has things that they deal with, but the focus is what can you do. And as we do that, then we're going to begin to get rid of the discrimination that Darla was talking about, whether that is in employment, in education, or in other walks of life. Well, I have a question here for you from a Lindsay in Kansas, and the question is. You know, I'm so glad to hear that you're talking about epilepsy because it has caused great turmoil in my family and in other members of my extended family. My question is, how do you deal with it when you're a young person in high school and your own family tells you not to let anyone know that you have epilepsy? Darla, what do you think? Well, um, it's a very difficult time in anyone's life. A teen, um, there are many things going on. 
and then to complicate it with any kind of disability makes it even more difficult. Um, but you have to look within and um, uh, assure yourself that you're worthy, smart, and capable, and then um, be confident in speaking out about um, who you are, and epilepsy is just part of that. Um, I know that we're going to continue to talk about the Youth Council here in the program, but um, the Epilepsy Foundation has um, started reaching out to teens, um, and all across the nation we're developing youth councils. And um, if a young person were to get involved with the affiliate and the youth council and share those opinions with one another, that will offer some comfort and some confidence when you're dealing with the issues um, that your family has raised. Um, you know, it's tough to be a parent, and it's tough, tough to be a parent of a child who has any kind of disability. And parents all the time weigh balancing protection and overprotection. Um, so families have different ways of handling that, and any teen just has to look within him or herself to address how you're going to handle it. How about you, yeah. Eric? Joyce, I mean, it, it, it's a it's a tough question that I hate to be the one to you know to go on the program and say you know don't follow your don't follow your parents' advice, but um, this is a situation sometimes, you know, as as a parent, I know I you know you you mean well, you want the best for your kids, but sometimes in trying to protect them, um, you you know you can do you can do harm. This is it's a label that we've we've used the term a stigma coach. You're basically, uh, it, when you tell a young person, don't disclose, don't talk about it, you're, you're saying, look, you have something that's bad. This isn't, your, this isn't your fault. You didn't ask for epilepsy. It's just something you have. You wouldn't say the same thing to, um, to a young person who has you know, asthma or, or diabetes. I think what's important is for the individual to go with you know, their own sense and their own comfort level. You, know, it, you don't have to you know, run around campus you know, you know, yelling, I have epilepsy, but with your, with your friends when you're comfortable in the way that you think is best you know, to go ahead, go ahead and disclose it. I very much agree with Darla that there are resources out there. You know, go to our website, www.epilepsyfoundation.org, and in the e-communities area, you'll find a whole section where you're going to, where there's other teenagers who are going to be talking about that ex their experiences. They're going through the same things, you know, that you are, and it's a great way to kind of kind of build that community and build those relationships. Understand you're you understand you're not alone, um, and then. This is an area where, in terms of talking with your peers, you've got to make your own decisions. So I, I don't mean to contradict, you know, parents who mean well, but in trying to protect, sometimes what we do is create the stigma by telling someone that they have something that's bad when simply it's a medical condition. And, you know, I'll rock the boat even more because I just have to say this, and I have said this publicly many times when I speak. When you say to your child, don't tell anyone. Just as Eric has, has stated, don't tell anyone. Why? Why don't tell anyone? Why? Because there's something wrong with you. Why? Because you're inferior. It's a secret. Don't let anyone know. There's something bad about you. You have a problem. You cannot have children feel like that. You cannot because, you know, many children do go into depression and worse. And, and many other things. 
because you must be able to believe in yourself that you are a good person. And to anyone out there listening to the show, young people with epilepsy, you are, period. A good person, you have nothing to be ashamed about. I'm sure there must be some reason that, you know, as everyone has mentioned, being overprotective, being whatever, but guess what? It won't help. And wait till the person tries to get employment. It's even worse because once you don't believe in yourself, it's very hard to move forward. It really is. I don't agree with doing that. Uh, I know there's got to be some reason for it. I haven't figured it out yet, but... When you're in school and you're telling people that, it really is a downer. Now, how about an upper? Eric, we were part of a very major, great civil rights passage, the Epilepsy Foundation, with the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Amendment Act. And I wondered if you could talk about that. And then, Darla, I wanted you to also talk about how the affiliates were so involved in the grassroots effort. So we'll start with you, uh, Eric. Sure, Joyce. As you know, just by a little bit of background here, one of the things that was so frustrating, not only for people with epilepsy, but people with, you know, any type of disability, is, um, you know, 18 years ago, we, you know, we heralded the approval of the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act. And the idea was to extend the same civil rights protection to people with disabilities as to, as to every other American. In other words, you couldn't be discriminated against in employment based on your, uh, based on your disability. It goes back to what I was saying before. The focus should be on the ability. Can you do the job? If you can do the job, then you shouldn't be discriminated against because the person is ignorant or is fearful of the fact that you have epilepsy or another condition. Unfortunately, um, the, uh, the court system in the U.S., and particularly the Supreme Court, uh, in interpreting uh, the ADA, narrowed the scope to basically exclude uh, many people with chronic conditions, virtually everyone with epilepsy. What the court said is you have to take into consideration in determining whether someone has a disability if they take uh, medication or other mitigating you know, measures. So if you have epilepsy and you're taking your anti-epileptic drug and you're not having a seizure, Therefore, you're not disabled. So as an employer, I can discriminate against you. I could put in writing, I'm not hiring you because you have epilepsy, and your case is going to be dismissed because you'll never get to the fact-finding phase because the court is going to rule you're not disabled and therefore not covered under the ADA. Clearly, this is not what Congress intended. I mean, uh, Tony Coelho, our immediate past chair, you know, was the co-author of the of the ADA in the House, and he has epilepsy. The the notion that he intended to exclude everyone who has epilepsy, including himself, is ludicrous. Nevertheless, that's the situation we were dealing with, and so the challenge was to pass legislation that would basically restore the ADA to what Congress originally intended. Sounds like it should be easy, but as you know, particularly in this political environment, um, you know, getting bipartisan legislation through is, is always a challenge. And so the Epilepsy Foundation, along with other groups, sat down with the business community, with the um, National Association of Manufacturers and also the uh, Chamber of Commerce, and hammered out language that we were sure that the business community could embrace, the disability community could embrace. Once we did that, uh, then it was then it was fairly easy for our friends in Congress to come on board. In fact, the um, uh, this act passed unanimously 
in both the House and the Senate. Now, how many things can you say went through Congress in the last couple of years that was supported unanimously by both parties? And it shows by building this consensus, we were able to get this done. So what this meant by passing this is if you were discriminated against, you still have to prove in court that you were discriminated against, but your case would not be dismissed because you took, for example, medication to control your epilepsy. Yeah, meaning, so you all understand this now, we'll use epilepsy as the example. If you're at work and you, they knew you had epilepsy or you admitted you had epilepsy, as Darla talked about discrimination earlier, if you were then terminated, you could say, oh, I can't sue under the ADA because guess what? I'm not really covered. I'm not having a seizure at that moment. I am medicated, which was ludicrous, but guess what? We've got it signed, and we're going to talk about it more. I want to talk to Darla as soon as we come back from break. But right now, we're going to break for a minute. You are listening to America's Voice, Joyce Bender, where disability matters, at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Eric and Darla. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, (laughs) she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Uh Uh-huh. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, (laughs) no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. (laughs) Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at PornLearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. 
We are talking today to Eric Hargis, President and CEO of the National Epilepsy Foundation, and Darla Templeton, Executive Vice President of the Epilepsy Foundation of the St. Louis region. And before we went to break, we were talking to Eric about this great act that was signed in September of this year, the ADAA Americans with Disabilities Amendment Act, which restores the Americans with Disabilities Act as it was originally written. It had been weakened by recent Supreme Court rulings so that a person, for example, with epilepsy could be said to be not covered under the ADA. And guess what, folks? We've changed that. President Bush signed it. It was signed. And you know what? That's a big thing. That was a big thing to get the former president to sign this was enormous. Now, I'm not meaning former, former. I mean the most recent former president. So, listen, Darla, I want you to talk about what it took to make that happen. Well, Joyce, I had got an invitation to be on the south lawn of the White House and was present when um, George Bush signed the original ADA. um, It was a very emotional experience, and it was so motivating and so inspiring to see all of the people on the White House lawn with so many disabilities. As a matter of fact, I I wrote a... um, a executive review. It's an article that we put in the, our St. Louis newsletter. And I'm going to pull that out and put it on our website again because it was um, just a, a direct result of, of how I felt when that was signed. And so when... And Darla, that is so exciting Yeah, that you were there because in my office in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I have a shadow box with the original notes written by uh, Evan Kemp, who of course has passed away, but was sitting up there in his wheelchair with uh, President Bush, the EEOC chair, and President Bush, and of course, you know, his wife. And then it has one of his pens, and it has the ticket uh, to the ceremony. And I just cherish this. It's in my office, but may I say, I was not there. So to actually be there. It's such a great thing you did. That's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, was, uh, it was a thrill to be invited. I was uh, certainly um, active in getting the initial ADA passed. And um, so when over the last 15 years plus we have seen the deterioration of this act when it came to defending and supporting people with epilepsy, when Tony Quello said we are going to restore this, that emotion that I felt on the White House lawn came back. And I think it came back for all of us across the nation. And um, when it came to, can you ask people in your state to support and co-sign this legislation, every affiliate across the nation worked hard at getting co-signers and we worked hard at getting our people um, locally to write letters and to support this restoration act each all of us all the executive directors asked for co-sponsors got emails going 
voicemails going, letter writing going, as much as we possibly could to let the legislators know that it was terribly important for us to make this work so we could uh, restore the rights and preserve the rights of people with epilepsy. And it was effective. It was effective. And if I'm correct, wasn't one of those people that helped us, wasn't the affiliate in Kentucky, Eric, very instrumental in making this happen? Oh, absolutely, because we needed um, we needed to make sure that in that in the Senate, uh, the um, uh, the minority party was willing to introduce the, the legislation, and there was a basically having uh, to do and nothing to do particularly with this act. There was there was kind of a, a standstill in terms of what legislation would be introduced. So it was critical to have both the uh, the uh, majority and the minority party willing to uh, to introduce the legislation. And Joyce, I wanted to add. I think you know, for for your listeners, this is the reason why it's so important uh, for people to volunteer for organizations like the Epilepsy Foundation and and get involved. Because sometimes you feel like, well, is there really, you know, is there is there anything I can do? Well, there's thousands of volunteers in the Epilepsy Foundation around the country who are instrumental in changing the law of the land, so that you know the. For example, the uh, uh, the listener who sent in a question earlier, who's going to be graduating from high school, going on to college, is going to be looking for a job. The law of the land is employers can't discriminate against her because of her epilepsy. And these volunteers, they made that change. I can guarantee you that we would not have this we would not have this law passed if it wasn't for the grassroots around the country. So I would encourage your listeners to go to www.epilepsyfoundation.org. If you're interested in getting involved, you can sign up for the Speak Up, Speak Out network. And what will happen is you'll get emails that will tell you what's going on in Washington. You'll also hear from your affiliate about what's going on on state issues. And what we're asking you to do is speak your mind. You know, whatever you feel ought to be done, here's the opportunity to be engaged uh, in the, you know, in the political process. And, you know, democracy works. Yes, it does. And, and you know, I want to say just a couple of things about this. Number one, I agree with you 100%, Eric. Without the grassroots effort, without the work of the affiliates, it would not have happened. I mean, the affiliates were on this. They were so engaged, so passionate, as you can tell Darla is. That's not, and I also want to say, Tony Quello, I remember when he told us years ago, I'm going to work to get the... ADA restored and get an ADA Amendments Act, he never stopped. I mean, without him, none of this would have happened. And then, Eric, your leadership of allowing Sandy Finucane to work on this, because for those of you that don't know Sandy, you know, she is the head of legal and government affairs and counsel for the National Epilepsy Foundation, very well known in the civil rights world for people with disabilities, but she worked on this day and night for years. And, Sandy, my hat is off to you. That is why I want to mention one last thing about this, the Jeannie Carpenter Legal Defense Fund. Jeannie, when I first joined the Epilepsy Foundation many years ago, was one of the first people I met. Sadly, she has passed away. She was the chair of the National Epilepsy Foundation and a woman with epilepsy. And when we lost her, we were devastated. Her husband, family, and others immediately started this Jeannie Carpenter Legal Defense Fund. And what that's all about is was Jeannie's dream. 
to have a defense fund for people with epilepsy who were being discriminated against and who were unable to pay for an attorney. Now we have this and have had it, and if you are listening to the show, person with epilepsy, and you feel you've been discriminated against, you must go to epilepsyfoundation.org and look up the Jeannie Carpenter Legal Defense Fund and send in an email talking about what happened to you. Eric, is there a special place you would want them to send it? Uh, sure. They can, uh, if there's information on the website or they can simply call uh, 1-800-EFA-1000 uh, and, uh, and ask for the Jeannie Carpenter Legal Defense Fund. Uh, we essentially have a network of more than 300 uh, lawyers who have agreed to do you know, pro bono work. And so what we'll do if someone calls is basically get the information, make sure there's a, uh, make sure there's a basis to, you know, to uh, bring forward a, a claim or a case, and then try to put that person in touch with a lawyer who can, who can handle the case. And we also then provide information to those attorneys to make sure they're, they're up to speed on, uh, on epilepsy issues. And did you want to say anything else about that, Darla? No, that's fine. And I'll tell you, I believe very strongly in this. I really do because, you know, so many people, as Darla mentioned before, have been discriminated against, have been left out, and now here's a way that you can do something about it. I do want to mention one other thing. Uh, for any of those in the St. Louis region, Darla, what is your website? It is um, www.stl-epil. .org. Okay. Do you want to repeat that one more time? www.stl-epil.org. So if you listen in that area, or if you're a person with epilepsy living in the St. Louis region, now you know also where to go, and you can contact Darla at that website. And with that, we're going to go to break before we come back and close the show with our guests, Eric Hargis and Darla Templeton. You are listening to America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. 
Albert Einstein once said, nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists, and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, broadcast each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much, unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk. Which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. We are celebrating Epilepsy Month this month, and we have been talking to Eric Hargis, President and CEO of the National Epilepsy Foundation, and Darla Templeton, Executive Vice President of the Epilepsy Foundation of the St. Louis region. And before we go any further, both Darla and Eric, I wanted to make sure I included this one question. If someone listening to the show is interested in making a donation to the Epilepsy Foundation, how do they do that? Or if they, if they live in St. Louis and wanted to make a donation uh, to Darla, how do they do that? Sure. There's a, uh, there's a, number, there's a number of different ways. Um, one of the things they can do is go to the website, www.epilepsyfoundation.org. Um, at the top of that page, they'll see a place where they can put in either their state or their zip code, and that will take them uh, to their to the affiliate that serves uh, serves their community. So they can certainly make that uh, over the web. Uh, they could call, um, you know, go to the go to the yellow pages and look for the affiliate in their area, or call one eight hundred EFA one thousand. Okay, you want to repeat that one more time, Eric? Sure. The website is www epilepsyfoundation.org, uh, and there's information there on making a donation, or they can uh, put in their zip code, and it'll take them to the uh, site for the affiliate that serves their community, uh, or they can call 1-800-EFA-1000. And how about you, Darla? Well, I think that that's the ideal way to go. Um, okay. You can um, give through the national website locally and nationally. All right. Well, before we end the show today, Darla and Eric, I wanted to know um, a little bit more for our listeners. I wanted them to know about the Youth Council. So, Darla, do you want to go first? Sure. That would be just fine. Um, 
We have um, started, the national office and the affiliates have started uh, the Youth Council, and um, the uh, national office has a representative on the national board that represents the the Youth Council. So that model has been uh, replicated across the country. And, for instance, in St. Louis, we uh, have a Youth Council that um, uh, you can join between the ages of 15 to 25, that's our range, but um, there's some flexibility there. And um, the Youth Council here is assembled and um, is outcome-based, meaning the the, uh, teens and young adults come together and determine what it is they want to do for a four-month period. Then they take two months off and do another four months and take two months off. In the four-month period, they can choose whether they want to do something social, uh, development, service, advocacy. They choose. For instance, the last four months, our youth council did one service project, spending the day at camp at the, at the camp for epilepsy in the summer. And another project they did was a trivia night and raised $2,000 for the foundation. This engages youth, a very difficult age group, to get involved. Um, it engages them in creative activity, makes them feel that they have contributed and that they have successfully met goals that, um, that they have determined and established for themselves. One of the representatives from the Youth Council is on our board of directors and reports uh, to the board of directors on their activities and the outcomes that they have chosen. Um, and then that creates in, in the, the youngsters a, a leadership quality, a confidence that they, we have never seen before, and a determination to make a difference in the, in the future. And um, that's what we want to do. We want to, we want to enhance the relationships for individuals so those youngsters can be our leaders of the future. Uh, and I think that is so important. Eric, did you want to talk about it? Sure. I think, you know, Joyce, it's, uh, we certainly know, you know, young people are the future. If we're going to change um, the, some of the stereotypes about epilepsy, eliminate the stigma, bring epilepsy out of the shadows, it's going to happen with, with young people. And our organization is committed to that. And so a number of years ago, we were we were going to start a new website for, um, uh, for, for teenagers. And we had, it, you know, some initial designs. It was called, um, I think it was called uh, Teen Scene USA. And we showed it to a focus group of about, you know, 10 or 11 young people. And they looked at it and they kind of laughed and they said, yeah, it looks like some 50-year-olds trying to be cool. Which basically, you know, what it was, and you know, the the message we got is, if you're going to engage engage young people, it's it's not something for someone my age. We need to listen to them. So the idea of the youth council is, and the message we got from young people is, trust us. Let us make the decisions. Let us, you know, set the direction, and we'll do a good job. And they have. So the so we added young people to the board of directors. We established a youth council to design, uh, develop, and implement these programs. And so it's really about, you know, empowering young people and letting them make the decision in terms of where these programs and initiatives go. And it's the perfect example is what Darla is doing in, in St. Louis. They pick the project. They pick what they're going to do. And so it's about empowerment rather than, um, you know, folks like myself in, the, in, you know, in an older generation telling them what they should do. 
And you know what? As you said, this is how we build our future leaders. And you remember that question before from the young person? I think you mentioned this, Darla, that when you get involved with other people that also have epilepsy, you start hearing, oh, wait a minute, I'm not alone. Other people go through all of this. It really helps. Don't you think, Darla? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, I can see the change in these youngsters just over the last 18 months and our youth council and the excitement they bring to the board of directors um, and measuring up, giving their report, being a part, and um, it makes an incredible difference in their self-confidence and self-worth. Well, I would encourage everyone, if you're a young person with epilepsy, and you, to ask the affiliate in your city about this because it is a tremendous program, and it really is worth getting involved with. Um, now, listen, I have asked everyone that's been on this show for the past four and a half years the last two questions, so uh, I'm going to start with you, Darla, but the question to both of you is over the past year, what would you say you consider as your greatest accomplishment or whatever you're proudest of? Well, the greatest accomplishment for the epilepsy um, movement certainly was the restoration of the ADA. And we've talked a lot about that, Joyce. Um, but it really did exemplify what can happen when the national does what they do best, the affiliates do what they do best, and how we can together truly impact the quality of life for people with epilepsy. And um, it was remarkable. It uh, restores my faith in thinking that, uh, that we can do a lot and move, move forward, um, that our future is bright, even though our economy isn't great right now, even though we have a lot of struggles locally. Every affiliate does. But that kind of collaboration with such a huge impact to make such a difference in the lives of people with epilepsy, I believe, is the greatest uh, accomplishment in the last year. How about you, Eric? You know, not to be not to be redundant, but I've I've got to go along with um, uh, with Darla on this. I had the opportunity when the um, House of Representatives debated the um, the uh, ADA uh, Amendments Act, and sitting there in the gallery. Um, at a time when there's been so much partisan bitterness and hearing Republicans standing up and complimenting Democrats and Democrats standing up and complimenting Republicans and all of them coming together for people with disabilities, to be a part of that um, and to know that the law of the land uh, means that if you have a disability, you have the same civil rights as anyone else, and that's guaranteed under the law, that was, that was a great feeling this year. And I think um, everyone who's been involved in the Epilepsy Foundation years from now is going to look back and will always remember 2008. Well, how about you, uh, Eric? Do you have a message you want to leave with our listeners? Well, I think um, to some degree it's a, a little bit what I, what I mentioned before. You know, it's, it's easy uh, sometimes when we look at the news and everything to feel, you know, to feel powerless. And, you know, what, what can I do? Um, and the example Darla and I just gave uh, by, by getting involved, by volunteering, by being a part of an organization like the Epilepsy Foundation. I mean, look, here's a, here's a group of um, uh, people throughout the country who came together behind this issue and changed the law of the land. I mean, you can do that. Um, as I said, democracy works. And so when you are an advocate and you speak up and speak out, you can have a huge impact. So the, so the message is 
be involved, be engaged. If you if you have epilepsy, you know, there's no reason there's no reason to be in the shadows. Be be open about it. It's a medical condition just like anything else. The Epilepsy Foundation should be here as your ally. In other words, we're here to support you as an individual in terms of both both services, both programs with research, and also a message of, of empowerment. And I think what we've done this last year by the community coming together and changing the law of the land proves that it works. Well, I'll tell you what, this show is so great, but we, uh, and I agree with everything you both said, but we've got to close the show. And in closing, I just want to say one thing, and that is epilepsy is just part of who I am, says Tony Quello, and that is a fact. You get back in touch next week to hear more about epilepsy on Disability Matters with Joyce Bender, Eric and Darla. Thank you for being on our show. Great, thank you. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.